Yeah, that's exactly the kind of music we need right now because we have passed the chocolate around. Uh, joining me here today, be your own oral health advocate. Dr. Rappaport of Northwest Periodontics and Implant Dentistry is joining me here today. If I could stop him from eating the chocolate here for a minute. It's delicious. Good luck with that. I'll do (laughs) I'll move it away from myself. No, that's all right. Don't worry about it. It's okay. We're going to all be doing it here. Uh, Dr. Rappaport is one of the regulars and he is an amazing, amazing individual. You know, his passion and goal when I met him about a year ago was to really help educate and inform people. Last show we did with him you heard about a breakthrough approach that he and his colleagues are offering at uh, Northwest Periodontics and um, today we're talking about how we can be our own oral health advocate this is a really important show because the last show we did Dr. Rappaport it really it opened up a conversation about uh oh did she leave her so shy chocolate bottle uh oh that's more chocolate oh, we got going on. Well, if not, I'm taking that with me. Um, but what I love about this, and you're going to love this, you don't really get the high sugar impact from this, and we all know about sugar and cavities. Absolutely. But it, you know, but more importantly, we're talking about health and disease. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So you know, let's talk about how to become our own advocate because a lot of times we don't think we can. Mm-hmm. I did a show the other day about this, and it's kind of a theme this me that we're having here about inflammation, how people feel hopeless about it, and that they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The first question I'd have for you, I mean, we've all had dentistry. Yeah. What is your indicator? Well, how do you know how, how healthy you are dentally? How do you tell as a patient? How do, you, how do you know if what you have in your mouth is healthy? How do you know if the quality of the dentistry that you've had is good? That's an interesting question, right? Um, for me in particular, it is, are we making progress so that I understand that what's going on in my mouth is we're on track and the rest of my body. And, mm-hmm. and am I, am I getting enough information or am I just going to somebody who's like, you know, okay, this is what we're going to do and pay the bill. Exactly. That's no, exactly that it. doesn't work anymore. Right. Right. That's exactly it. And most patients, I mean, my experience has been, they assume everything's okay if it doesn't hurt. They look at the, the front six teeth. If they look good, I don't feel like there's any pain. You know, I'm probably in good shape. Yeah. Where actually, what's really surprising is that most dental problems, even the most severe dental problems, are completely painless. Mm. And often when the problems are quite small, they're very difficult to detect. So even if you do go in for regular checkups, depending on the quality of the person who's doing the evaluation on you, they may or may not pick up these, these issues. So um, unfortunately, as patients not necessarily as health professionals, but as patients, we're the worst judges of the of how we're doing already. Yeah. And we're not necessarily the best judge of the quality of dentistry that we get because yeah. studies have clearly shown that patients equate the office experience in the dental office with quality dentistry. And unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case. You know, you might be offered a, a hot towel, some, some hot chocolate to drink. Yes, exactly. You know, something very nice, and it can feel like a very nice experience. But that doesn't necessarily imply... Uh, that it's obviously um, the, the great dental care that you're receiving. So what I always ask my patients is, well, how do you know about the quality of care that you've received and how do you know that you're healthy? And, and the short answer is it's it's really a matter of trust and, and finding the right people. Yeah. But as you're, for yourself, it's very difficult to assess because most of the problems that we that patients are faced with just don't hurt. Mm-hmm. We think of toothache as being very painful because it is. That's right. 
But that's really only a small percentage of the severe dental problems. And, you know, from my perspective uh, as, a, as a specialist in periodontics, gum disease, which is a very prevalent disease, we've talked about it many times, yes. it's an infection, it's an inflammation, there are no symptoms for the most part. Certainly in mild and moderate disease, most patients are completely unaware of the problem. And that's the best time to treat them because that's when the disease can be stopped before there's permanent damage. Often I get to see the patients, they'll come to me and they'll say, my dentist has asked me to see you. You know, I've been going there every six months. Things are great. And all of a sudden, my teeth are loose. My teeth are moving. I've got bleeding gums. And, of course, I know that this is not an all of a sudden kind of a thing. This is something that's been progressing for a long time. But it only gets detected or the patients are perhaps only motivated to treat it when it's very severe. Yeah. So being part of your own, your, your, uh, being an advocate is actually looking in your mouth. And uh, when you brush your teeth, not brushing your teeth in front of the TV. You know, and uh, and actually making sure that you're doing a good job, and then uh, obviously trusting your your healthcare professional. And what I found, I, I'm very fortunate. My colleague Dr. Schuler, who works with me at Pacific Northwest Periodontics, we're very fortunate. We work with some of the best dentists in the city. Uh, and one of the things that's unique about, well, specific about that unique group, let's say, is that they understand um, the importance of co-management of patients. They understand the importance of working with different specialists. They don't try and do everything themselves. These are terrific, talented dentists, but they can identify problems that fall outside their scope of expertise. And for patients, uh, they would love to have everything under one roof. They want to go yeah. see one person that's going to do everything. But I would argue that perhaps that's not the best thing. A jack of all trades is perhaps not the best thing. And, and working with a talented dentist who understands uh, all the different aspects of dentistry and all the different specialties and is prepared to refer patients when cases become complex beyond a certain level, I think is also a mark of a very good dentist. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, I shared with you early on, I don't want to go into a lot of time about it, but I shared with you early on that as a child, I had a horrific experience at a general dentist who decided to do periodontal work on me as a, as a really young child. You know, I was like 12, 13 years old. And that experience was so horrific that what he had done, uh, my mom had to go out and get more gauze to stop the bleeding. So, I mean, this is what happens when people are, are not really qualified to do periodontic work. Let's tell everybody what periodontic uh, work is, right. what, what that really means. Sure. I mean, I know firsthand, but... Most people don't. Well, periodontists are specialists. One of the uh, few specialties that are, um, I think there's seven specialties by the American Dental Association that are accepted. It's a specialty uh, that treats specifically gum disease, mm-hmm. advanced gum disease, and added to that are other gum-related problems and things like gum grafts. But gum, gum disease per se is a progressive a degener- uh, uh, deteriorating uh, in bacterial infection that destroys the bone and gum around the teeth, yeah. but it doesn't hurt. It really doesn't hurt. Even in the very last stages of the disease, it's very rare for there to be pain. So in many offices, uh, many dental offices, it can be easily overlooked because the signs of early gum disease are kind of subtle. And um, it's not always picked up early enough. And many people think uh, that gum disease can be treated simply by good brushing and and going in for regular cleanings. And this is true for the majority of cases. But there is a, a subset of patients, 10, perhaps 15% of patients, who have, have a very advanced disease where that just isn't sufficient and more advanced techniques are needed. And it's really those patients that uh, we like to, to treat in, at Pacific Northwest Periodontics. And we work with our referring officers, and they treat the other 85% of patients. Well, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about um, what some of the signs are 
how do people know? I mean, what what should they look for, especially if you're not having a lot of pain? I mean, it's not like, you, you know, you That's threw right. your back out, exactly. right? Exactly. But if you're not having a lot of pain, what, what should people be oh, looking wow. for? And I think this is the crux. The first one, of course, is if you've noticed that your teeth are shifting. This mm. is a very common problem. People say, no, I've noticed my, my teeth are shifting or there's been movement of my teeth. They're overlapping. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that there's gum disease. Right. But it may be a sign of, of gum disease. There are other causes for teeth to shift. But, but certainly if that's happening and you've noticed it over a, a relatively short period of time. Another one that's a pretty a common problem is spacing between the teeth. You notice gaps between the teeth. I know we were talking about that last week. Yep. You know, noticing gaps between the teeth where the gum tissue and the bone tissue between the teeth has created these sort of black triangles. Um, often that's an indication that there's some process going on that's destroying the bone and gum. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, uh, which we often don't think of, and it's sort of an embarrassing one too, is bad breath. Mm-hmm. Bad breath may be an indication of many things, not just gum disease, but certainly uh, when patients have very active gum disease, there is a, a malodor. And uh, often patients cannot detect it for themselves. Mm. And, you know, you really need someone that, that loves you or cares enough about you to actually say, you know, there's an issue going on here. Of course, there are many causes of bad breath, but that's certainly one of them. And uh, and then the final one, of course, is when you're brushing your teeth, you know, are you getting any bleeding? You know, when you rinse right. out with water, do you notice there's blood? Right. Um, sometimes there's an absence of blood, and that doesn't uh, – because people aren't brushing the gums or teeth properly. But if you do brush your teeth and notice there's quite a bit of bleeding, there may be an indication. Well, even if there's not quite a bit of bleeding, your gums shouldn't bleed unless no. you're like, you know, un- unless you're – kind of like the terminator of teeth brushing, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I actually have a friend who brushes uh, her teeth so hard, it's like crazy. And, you know, I, you know, I don't even think she her gum bleeds. I think she's chewing out half of her mouth. <laughs> but, I mean, if you get a sign of bleeding and you're like normal brushing, that's a flag. That's a flag. And, you know, bringing on another point, a patient asked me yesterday, there, a lot of patients are on blood thinners. Oh. Uh, it's very common. And they'll say, you know, but I'm on blood thinners, and I think that's why my gums bleed. And my answer to that is, if I was to take a toothbrush, just a regular toothbrush, yeah. and scrub the back of your hand as hard as I could, would you expect your skin to bleed? And, and they'll always say, no. No. And I'll say, well, then why would you expect it to be normal right. in the mouth? And they look at me and I say, well, gums are just a modified skin. That's all it really is. And it, it's exactly the same process. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't bleed when you brush. And if it does, it probably implies that there's something wrong with the tissues. Exactly. And, you know, honestly, I, you know, Linda's mom is on blood thinners and none of that is going on. And she's on a serious mm-hmm. amount of them. So that's a really good point. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Dr. Rappaport, we're going to give you some information about how you can find out more about Northwest Periodontics. And then we're going to talk about the ways that we can become our own advocates. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Have you asked your dentist about periodontal disease? Three out of four adults in Seattle unknowingly suffer from this painless but progressive infection caused by bacterial plaque. If not carefully treated, these bacteria can infect your gums, deteriorating the tissue and causing tooth loss. At Pacific Northwest Periodontics and Implant Dentistry, we offer a different kind of patient experience, providing the highest level of perio care within a relaxing environment. After a thorough examination, our doctors will take the time to understand your needs, address your concerns, and review a variety of treatment options with you. Our goal is to work with you to ensure the integrity of your dental health. Don't allow periodontal disease to take your teeth 
Call Pacific Northwest Periodontics at 206-575-1086 to schedule an appointment. Or to learn more about periodontics, visit us online at pnwperio.com. Are you seeking clarity? Do worries about your health, job, parents, children, or pets keep you awake, tossing and turning at night? Are you considering a major life change? Looking for love? Do you want to create a life of joy? Let Psychic Elizabeth Anglin help. Visit ElizabethAnglin.com or call 970-708-4838 to schedule your life-clarifying appointment today. Don't waste time being worried. Psychic Elizabeth Anglin at ElizabethAnglin.com or call 970-708-4838. We are living in a time of great challenges and greater opportunity for transformation. The good news is that public awareness of the need for change is also growing exponentially. More than ever, your transformative message is needed to empower millions across the globe. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, host of The Dr. Pat Show, and I'm excited about announcing an unprecedented opportunity for growth as we expand our broadcast by launch Transformation Talk Radio and the Transformation Network. Join me and a team of amazing people and host your own show on Transformation Talk Radio. Get ready to expand your horizons, tap into the best listeners anywhere, and join one of the most positive and expansive networks today. Historically, there came a time when the boundary of water was transcended as man developed the boat and the barriers of water became freeways. Join Dr. Pat as she launches this exciting venture. To host a show, call 1-800-930-2819 or email host at transformationtalkradio.com. Have you ever wanted to join a yoga class yet felt self-conscious or simply didn't have the time? Now you can bring live kundalini yoga into your home with KRI-certified Dr. Ann Taylor. You will learn a scientific technology of movement, mantra, meditation, and breathing techniques designed to balance your mind, body, and spirit. Sign up today for our free newsletter and receive your first class free. Visit Ann with an E, Taylor.com. Hey, Mary, I haven't seen you in so long. You look so different. What happened to your glasses? Did you have surgery? Whoa, I never noticed how blue your eyes are. No, I didn't have surgery, and I don't have to wear glasses anymore. I searched the Internet, and I found a website. It's called BetterEyesightNow.com. It is the best thing I have ever done. There's a program called Regaining Your Vision Naturally. And, oh, by the way, it helps reduce stress. You should check it out. And you might be able to get rid of your glasses. Go to BetterEyesightNow.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, go to the drpatshow.com uh, and you know scroll down the page, and you'll be able to ping us at Facebook, Twitter, uh, and I don't even know this couple of other things up there, LinkedIn, and a bunch of other things. Just go ahead and do it. Also, you can sign up and download the podcast. We've made that pretty easy for you, so that you get information. Like without even thinking about it, about the shows, Dr. Rappaport joining us here today. And we're going to give you some information right now about how you can find out more about he and his team. And then we're going to talk about becoming advocates. Let's give out your website. Let's give out a phone number here for folks to find out more about you and what you're up to. Thank you. Yeah, the website is PNW Perios. That's Pacific Northwest, com. And our phone number is 206-575-1086. Okay, so let's talk about how we can become advocates because some of these things that we think we're doing well, um, uh, not so much. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, we were just talking a little bit a while ago about toothbrushes. I know. It's true confession right there. <laughs> and everyone always wants to know, what's the secret toothbrush? What's the secret toothpaste? Yep. And here's the short answer. It's not so much the device. It's how you use it. So I, we personally like electric toothbrushes, but perhaps not for the reason that many people like them. Many people like them because they think they can get done more quickly. Yes, I'm one of those people. And that's not one of the reasons we like them. In right. fact, I don't think we can get done more quickly. One of the reasons we like electric toothbrushes is often they have a built-in timer. And that really allows the person to know how long they're brushing for. Some of them have a buzzing sound or a beeping sound. Um, we find that the timers are too short, and we often are, ask our patients to go for two or three or four cycles. But the timer, I think, is the, potentially the nicest part of the toothbrush. Um, one of the nice things about certain of the electric toothbrushes is they do a lot of the action for you, uh, rotating action, yeah. oscillating action, some of the toothbrushes, or vibrating action. These potentially are less damaging than the scrubbing action of a manual toothbrush. But properly used, a manual toothbrush is a great device. There's nothing wrong with a manual toothbrush. We've been using it for years. Using them for years, and yeah. they work quite well. Yeah. But they're typically more difficult to use because mm -hmm. you've got to have better manual dexterity. Yeah. You, it's harder to control the amount of force. But the biggest problem is people don't use them enough. And there's been oodles of studies that show patients brush for less than 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Oodles. And when they asked the patient, how long did you think you brushed for? They said, oh, three, four minutes, but it was less than 30 seconds. So the nice thing about the electric toothbrushes is they do encourage patients to brush for longer. But again, knowing the right technique. So at Pacific Northwest Periodontics, every patient who sees us, every single patient, gets an electric toothbrush as a gift. But we don't just give it to them and say, there it is, go ahead and use it. We actually spend a tremendous amount of time showing them the correct technique. And um, we have, we've developed a technique that's very simple, quite easy, and uh, we often use this closing solution, which is a vegetable dye that helps them visualize where the plaque is so you can actually see what you're missing. And we've had really great results with it. But again, it's up to the patient, and that's being your healthcare advocate. Yeah, I mean, if you see that if you use the diet, then your job is to get it off. And your job is to get it off, absolutely. Yeah, so we find and, it helpful. Yeah, and it's it's a good training device because if you if you do that a bunch of times, then you learn like how to brush properly. You also learn when you're missing. And it's customized for your own mouth. Absolutely, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Patients like it. Like yeah. it, like that a lot. I mm -hmm. got a spot right here that's really difficult to get at, and so you know that dye just shows you that you didn't get at it. And you walk out in public, and there it is. It looks like you've been in cherry soda. Okay. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. So what else can we say about becoming an advocate for ourselves? Well, we talked about looking in the mouth yeah. um, so, uh, and, and seeing what's going on. But during the day, certainly, we, we, get, we can feel furriness on our teeth. That's usually a build of a plaque. That might be a good indication. Maybe time to get a toothbrush out. A lot of patients say, you know, how often should I be brushing? Three, four, five times a day. Should you ever go to bed at night without brushing? Personally, I would say that's the worst time to go uh, to, to not brush. If, yeah. you're not, if you're only going to brush once, it probably should be before you go to bed because uh, when we sleep, we don't produce saliva, and saliva is very protective. We do want you to brush twice a day. Studies have shown that brushing once a day probably is adequate. However, you've got to be meticulous with that one brushing. So twice a day gives us twice the opportunity. So to if you're going to do it, morning, night. Morning and night is fine. Then Bam. what do you do at lunch? Certainly you can brush if you want. But what many, many studies have shown is that just the simple action of rinsing your mouth with water after you eat will flush away a lot of the food particles, a lot of the acids, and that actually has a very beneficial effect as well. So rinsing with water after lunch, I think that's a great plan if you can't get to a toothbrush. Great. So what is your take on uh, mouthwash? Well, again, mouthwashes. there are so many different mouthwashes I know. and all different reasons for using them. I know. Generally speaking, it's mind-boggling. Actually, <laughs> it is. 
for for the treatment of gum disease, which mm-hmm. is obviously my field, there yep. doesn't seem to be a dramatic impact of mouthwashes per se might be helpful after certain kinds of procedures. However, mouthwashes have been shown to be effective for a form of gum disease called gingivitis, which is very prevalent. That's just bleeding of the gums, but there's been no permanent loss of bone or gum tissue. There is some evidence that there may be some help there. There are mouthwashes that contain fluoride that have been shown to be very effective in patients with a high risk of decay, of tooth decay. Um, I know there's some patients that use mouth rinses that contain hydrogen peroxide, and again, some evidence that, that has some antibacterial effect as well. So uh, for certain conditions, yes, I think there is some benefit. I personally don't use a mouth rinse uh, myself, um, but I know that lots of patients do. And um, I For think psychological reasons, I think. Some people but like mostly. the taste. Yeah. Some people really yeah, like exactly. the taste of it and gives them fresh yeah. breath. And I think yeah, that's and it gives reason. you an idea that, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But I, I certainly think there is some evidence that these are helpful. But as a routine for treatment of, of gum disease, I would say no. And it doesn't replace brushing. Just want to be real clear it's an about adjunct, that. Exactly. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's just one of the, the things that you can add on. But I think focus primarily on the main thing, which is the brushing, which is perhaps 95% of good cleaning. Yeah. And perhaps everything else, flossing and all these different aids and everything like that. Mouth rinses perhaps make up 5%. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. What else can you uh, say for our, our listeners here that uh, would help them? Well, I think in part of being an advocate for yourself is knowing how your general health impacts your oral health. And we talked about this many times before, but if you're a patient that's a smoker um, or you have uh, heart disease and other conditions like that, um, these are conditions that are associated with gum disease and vice versa. So if you're diabetic, for example, um, we know that you are immunocompromised already. You're certainly going to be more at risk for, for, getting, for getting gum disease. You might want to be seeing a periodontist. You may decide that it, the best thing for you to do is to, to see the specialist because right. already you're in a high-risk category. If you're a heavy smoker, chances are you, you've got gum disease or it's certainly at high risk. Not every smoker is going to get gum disease, but it's definitely one of the, the major risk factors. Right. Mm. But perhaps the greatest risk factor is one that we don't really think about, and that is genetics. At least 50% of the risk is genetic. So if you have a family member, a parent perhaps, who had a history of gum disease, um, it might be worthwhile a visit to the periodontist because often the early signs of gum disease are subtle and may be missed during routine exams, but the periodontists are, are specially trained to pick that up. So really knowing what's happening in your family history and your own personal medical history I think it's important, and bearing in mind these have an impact. You know, one of the things, and uh, I want to thank you for joining me here today, but one of the things I also want to mention is go see a periodontist. You know, go into, like Dr. Rappaport, go into your office, make an appointment, and have a conversation. I mean, you know, one of the things that what I've learned over time is there's a lot of information out there, but it's all generic. Mm-hmm. You need to really personalize your care. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that uh, taking that initiative, a lot of people think, well, you know, I can only go to a specialist if I'm referred to a specialist. But I think that there is a lot of benefit in actually finding and selecting uh, specialists. We're very lucky in the Seattle area. We've got a wonderful, lot of wonderful specialists here. We hope to think that we're one of those wonderful specialists too. Uh, but a, lot, a really good uh, dental school here, they train a wonderful specialist who are, are, are waiting and available yeah. to, to treat patients with these advanced diseases. Let's give out your website again and your phone number. And the reason this is so important, and I just had a conversation with someone the other day. The other thing is your children. Don't think because your children is going through puberty and their gums are bleeding that it will go away. I just want to be, I just want you guys to know that 
if there's anything that you could do for your children is make an appointment if you see any signs at all and get an evaluation. So often we think with our children, we think, okay, this is just a phase. Right. Right. And you know, kids obviously often don't clean well, so they're more prone. Uh, the kind of gum diseases we get in kids, fortunately, uh, most kids don't get the same sort of diseases that the adults get, yep. but it can happen. But there is a subset of kids that do develop uh, a very aggressive form of, of gum disease. Fortunately, it's a small group, but if you're one of those patients, getting treated early is very important. Well, you, thank you. Thank you for joining thank me you today. So much Let's again give out the, the website and phone number. Sure. Website, PNW Perio, Pacific Northwest Perio, pnwperio.com, with the phone number 206 Five seven five one zero eight six. Thanks again, Doctor Rappaport. Everybody, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with the Doctor Pat Show.